Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. All I think is this is a little bit lowbrow as you go into someone's room who obviously decided not to come here. It was Chris and Corey that went into their room. Okay. It was Chris and Corey. They took their hats and they were having fun with it. It just seems like stupid and weird to like be doing that stuff. Danielle, what the hell? I think that you're hot right now. Maya? Yes. I think you need to shut the up. Okay, thank you. Bye. Oh, wow. Oh, As much as I hate what has happened, as much as I hate that they've moved themselves out, as much as I hate that I wasn't part of their engagement, I still love them. And I'm still loyal to them. And I feel like people taking out of their room, it feels so permanent. Like it's an end. An ending that I didn't want. Welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, still sick, but we're chugging along, Cara Berry, our summer house edition, Hamptons and Martha's Vineyard. We're going to start as we, well, not tradition, this is only the second week that we're doing this, and the finale is next week, amen, amen, but let's start off with Hamptons. Carl's in the parking lot. He's being chased, chased after Kyle. Kyle's like, oh my gosh, is that how you feel? Like, for real? Like, are you going to walk off? And Carl's like, yeah, I'm, I'm sick of this. Danielle's still trying to get the tea from Robert, asking, what did he say to Carl? Robert, I feel like, is not delivering the message correctly because he's like, oh, well, Carl said that he just didn't think about it. And, you know, like, I told him that's the rub. That's what's bad about it. So Danielle's like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm so done, I'm done. Now let's remember that, Danielle, okay? So Lindsay has no idea what's going on at this point, but she's like, oh, where's my boyfriend? Where's my man? So she's trying to find Carl. As Carl's in the parking lot telling Kyle, this was the most important night of my life and it's being ruined because I didn't do something I should have. Like, that's insane. I'm shaking. I'm so fucking mad. Like, I don't want to be here. We moved in together. We bought a car. I told Danielle three weeks ago I was looking for a ring. The writing's been on the wall. What else do I need to do? So I'm still feeling like Carl feels bad. (laughs) 
I don't know how to say this. I, I'm feeling like there's more to this than him just being pissed off. Like, I actually think that there's part of him like genuinely feels bad. Should he? No. Does he? I kind of think he does. So Carl tells to, tells to Kyle, you know, if Robert didn't say anything to me before proposing, I'd be like, dude, I'm so happy for you guys. There's like big, bigger things going on in the world. Like, come on, they need to go the, grow the fuck up, which I do agree with. Like, I don't understand. Well, no, I do understand. I understand that the stakes are high with Danielle because, I mean, we've seen it. Maybe this is a bigger deal. <sighs> two minds of this because I'm still kind of like rooting not rooting for Danielle everything she's doing is incredibly embarrassing let let's put that on the table but I still get it I still understand where her feelings are coming from and I feel like Sierra and Maya were on it did an interview the other day in which they Sierra I think said that um, Carl had used one of Danielle's contacts to, uh, you know, get this whole engagement thing going. So that was just like another thing on the pile. However, I have to be like, well, Danielle, you created a situation in which people don't want Carl and Lindsay particularly don't want to invite you in to their relationship. So you have to take some accountability for that. But like, I still get her feelings. I do. Now, why Danielle thought that it was going to work out for her, that she was going to go to Lindsay Hubbard's engagement party and talk shit about, like, how she wasn't involved to, like, several people, as we saw, in a matter of, like, a couple minutes, it felt like. Uh, you know, I don't know why she thought that was going to go well, but that's a question for her, okay? So, Kyle tells Carl, don't put yourself in that box. And it almost seems like maybe Carl starts crying because he covers his face with his hands. And Kyle's like, dude, everything's going to be okay. Like, calm down. So Lindsay finally finds him in the parking lot. And she's like, what's going on? And Kyle says, I just think he needed a minute. And Carl's like, yeah, I, I need a minute. Basically, I was just told that I ruined all sorts of things. And Lindsay goes, you're on proposal? We're leaving. Let's go. Let's go to Southampton Social where our friends are. We don't need to be here. We can also go home tomorrow. So as they're walking away, Kyle's feeling some type of way. He's hot under that mullet. And he's like, oh, where our friends are? Like, I'm just hanging out in an alley because I'm not a great friend. Okay, cool. Have a great night. So Lindsay is now talking to Carl. And this was, uh, what do they call it? Like a Frankenbiting where you can tell as they're walking that Carl's talking to her. But we only hear Lindsay. But what she says to him was like, I told you we weren't going to do this, right? Like, I told you we weren't going to feel bad about it, remember? And you still seem to feel bad about it. And Carl says, because I'm a human being and I don't like to hurt somebody's feelings. And I think this, like, really hammers in what I've been saying about Lindsay. Like, she lives in a black and white world in which it's like, I'm choosing not to feel this. And so I don't. (laughs) Whereas Carl's like, I don't operate that way. I can't do that. I have feelings, even though I'm pissed off, like I, there's still some part of him that still feels bad. Whereas Lindsay's like, I don't get why we, we already talked about this. Why are your feelings on what's happening? So after that, Kyle goes back to the club to tell everybody, listen, Carl's in a very vulnerable, vulnerable state right now. And he's feeling like the whole engagement and the proposals ruined to which Danielle 
scoffs and rolls her eyes. And then Kyle tells them they just left. Maya seems confused and Kyle's like, yeah, I mean, Lindsay was all huffing and puffing and saying, we're leaving here. We're going to Southampton where we have friends. And they're like, okay, bet. Fine. Have fun. Right. Danielle having the nerve to roll her eyes. (laughs) Sweetie. Like, you don't know where this could possibly be coming from. Come on. Meanwhile, Sierra and Craig are shuffling over to the bar without a care in the damn world. They're doing pickleback shots. Craig's talking about, like, how much he enjoys being in the Hamptons, but it's just, like, a little intense this time compared to last time. What happened to Andrea, by the way? (laughs) Now that I'm thinking about it, where did Andrea and the other one go? Are we back? This is a different weekend. I'm lost. Where did on did we officially say goodbye to Andrea? I'm having a moment now. Anyway. Okay, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, he did leave. Andrea did leave. Okay, so anyway, Craig and Sierra. So, you know, Craig's talking about like how much he enjoyed coming back, and Sierra's trying to explain that she feels like the gist of it is just that like everything with Carl and Lindsay feels so rushed to people, like in everybody else's opinion, right? And then she's like asking Craig. If you could write it all out, where, when, and when would you guys get engaged? I'm losing my mind. But Craig says, well, it was kind of earlier. My timeline was a little bit earlier until I talked to Paige at Kyle's birthday and she cried when I mentioned, you know, moving our relationship in a more serious direction. And he's like, you know, what the fuck's going on? Like to... Her being engagement, moving in together and leaving her mom and like, she's not wrong. Eventually we are going to have to talk about that. But like, I realized that we have more stuff to work out than we thought because like, I'm a love is enough guy. Like if we're in love, that's it. But she is not that. And then Craig and Sierra bond over the fact that they're both hopeless romantics and Sierra's explaining to him how she's moving different. She's moving real strategically now because she wants to be in a serious relationship. And Craig says... Look, there's no systematic way to date somebody. You just meet them when it happens. You're a girl who moved to the city by yourself. That's cool. Because, like, you prove that you don't need somebody. But guess what? Having somebody to watch your shows with at night is fun. So Sierra's like, yeah, absolutely. Like, you're going to make me cry because that is what I want. Like, a best friend, somebody to hang out with. And then Sierra says, you know, I think it might just be this summer. Like, I'm feeling a little bit older. And Craig goes, yeah, but your friend is four years older than you. She just met me. So maybe there's another another Craig out there. So Sierra says in a confessional, basically it's all in God's timing. And she'll just be here sitting pretty, modeling for Victoria's Secret in the meantime when this man comes. And then it hit me, you guys. And I don't know why I didn't think about this. Um, if Craig, you know, wasn't a... Um, how do we put this? A friend, friend of Tommy's, if you will. I think that maybe they should have been together instead. I'm, I'm thinking maybe, maybe Craig hitched himself to the wrong wagon here, especially given what we see later. Um, Craig is interesting. I thought like all the advice that he gave her was so nice, very big brother, very like. Not like, oh, you'll find somebody. He's like building her up by being like, you don't need anybody. But like, I get that you want somebody. And like, you're a strong person. 
And, you know, don't think about your age. Paige is older than you. Like, you know, don't think about where you're at compared to other people. Like, I actually thought that was really solid advice from him. Really kind. And, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think maybe not a swap because I don't want to wish Austin on anybody. Um, but I think maybe, maybe the universe made an oopsie. Speaking of, uh, friends of Tomi, by the way, somebody, uh, hopped into my Apple podcast reviews to tell me that I need to go easy on Corey. <laughs> Let's talk for a second. Um, never, never going to happen. Corey, if you guys didn't hear my past couple of podcasts, uh, is on Instagram liking a lot of pro-transphobic posts, a lot of uh, things that lean very right-leaning, very anti, things that I'm very pro, and uh, also some race racial elements into that as well, but mostly it was transphobia. You can check out the Countess and uh, Frenemies, uh, excuse me, Instagram. They have highlighted stories uh, looking at all the posts that she was able to find of him liking different things that are very messed up. So somebody kicked it on a man. I know it was a man. <laughs> Trust me. I could smell that. Uh, went to my Apple podcast and was like, I need to be uh, less pissy and judgy. And um, <gasps> uh, they wanted to know why I felt like my opinion mattered. Uh, well, it's my podcast. So, uh, and also like why I wasn't allowing other voices again my podcast secondly never in your fucking life let's make this abundantly clear is Cara Berry a fucking transphobe not over here not over here okay so <laughs> to ask me to extend grace to a cisgendered straight white goofball <clears throat> while my sister's blood is running in the streets and they're being murdered and the, and the news is not uh, really covering them as well. And they're just like going on with their lives as if these people's lives don't matter. Literally, L-M-F-A-O, like never going to happen, B. Not here. I'm sorry. As I'm uh, speaking right now, that fuck Ron DeSantis just put up another bunch of measures and laws that are going to ruin people's lives. Are you crazy? Are you dumb? girl come on anyway i just wanted to make it clear uh where i stand if anybody needed some to clear up any confusion not happening Corey. not happening whatever weird ass uh told me that i need to give that bitch more grace fuck that anyway everybody goes back to the house and it's like party central Danielle's playing indoor soccer. Chris and Kyle are running around in their boxer briefs, wrestling, screaming. By the way, I'm not going to be talking about Corey anymore. Um, and Chris says, I'm going to be missing the crazy nights. And like, these are the people I can have fun with. These are the memories that I wanted to have this summer. And like, this is the moment where I'm wrestling <laughs> in my panties. <laughs> okay. So the girls are all having their best time, as we know, because Maya comes up with an idea to push the beds together, something that I'm shocked they hadn't come up with before. But the bedside table in between these two beds is so littered with, um, I mean, it is like a preteen boy's fantasy, a hot, a stoned one too. Empty big coat. Big gold cups, stray lover boys, uh, damn people magazine, empty cheese it bags, 
all sorts. So they're finally able to uh, scoot that away, push the beds together. And with that, mega bed, mega bed is made. Craig walks in wearing nothing but his panties, his little boxer briefs, low enough to show the, the top of your butt cheek, your butt crack, right? Ick. Ick. Does he not know that that is the, inter- that is the first rule of the ick? Is when you see that humbling moment when you're like into a guy and he and he bends over or he crouches down and you just see the very top of his ass crack and you're like, well, it's over. <laughs> it's over. So anyway, he, he had that going. And then his boxer briefs were animal themed because there was an elephant where the dick goes and, and the trunk. Okay, so he's walking into this room with Maya, Sierra, and then his girlfriend. He's like, hey, hey, uh, Paige, what are you wearing? And she's like, "Uh, excuse me, (laughs) you cannot just walk in here in your underwear and ask me what I'm wearing. That's not happening. Maya's very confused. Like, did you just walk in here naked with an elephant on your dick? What's going on? So then they all get in bed together. It's Maya and Sierra on one side of the mega bed. They've taken up the east wing. <laughs> Paige and, and, and Craig are on the west wing. And it's ugh, mayhem. Craig loves the girls. He loves just gossiping. He's there in the in the bed the next morning with... A, whose bonnet did he steal and put on his head? <laughs> I've never seen Craig more comfortable than sitting next to Paige, who's next to Maya, who's next to Sierra... With a stolen bonnet on his head and his hand on his crotch, who's living his best life, gossiping and kikiing with the girl. Meanwhile, Gabby's downstairs and she she knows. Her witchy senses are brewing and she's like, it's quiet today. Which could be a good thing, but I think it means the storms are brewing. Sam happens to go upstairs into Lindsay and Carl's room and notices it's quite empty. So she runs over to her brother Kyle, her biological brother, and it's like, Kyle, it looks like nobody's even lived there, but their bags are still there. But Kyle's like, listen, I've been in situations that are challenging, but I've never just up and left, right? So Amanda says, okay, well, <clears throat> we're about to go on this boat. Maybe you should call them to see what's going on. Kyle's like, God, I'm just like tired of being the fucking ring bearer here. <laughs> and both Amanda and Sam stare at him are like, ring, ring leader? Right? It can't be ring bearer. I think he meant referee. So he calls Carl and he's like, yo, we're leaving for the boat in like an hour. I'm just trying to figure out if you guys are joining. Carl's like, no, man. So Sam tells him, like, ask where they are. And he's like, oh, uh, you know, we're with one of Lindsay's friends and I just think it's best that we take ourselves out, you know, out of this toxicity. So then Lindsay gets on the phone. And she's like, I just think Danielle's negativity is just overwhelming right now. And it's the only source of negativity in our lives. So Kyle just tells them, I'm sorry that's how you feel. Are you guys going to come back this weekend? And Lindsay's like, I don't know. Both of us are just over this whole situation with, with Danielle. And Carl says for him personally, it's just best that like they're not in the house because when they left, nobody said anything to them and it just doesn't really feel like anybody cares anyway and he thinks it's best that they just take a break is that fair because i feel like nobody knew that they left you know (laughs) 
I mean, eventually they would have found out, but it's not like they both, like, we watched this whole all, whole thing unfold and they left. And I feel like if I, I was kind of with Sam, like, listen, it, it kind of felt like y'all left. It didn't really seem like the door was open for communication. Kyle tells them, I'm not going to push you guys to get on the boat. Maybe just take a day. Hope you guys can come to our party tomorrow. Amanda says, I feel bad that they feel this way. I actually completely understand that they want to be around people who are happy for them and not dealing with any of this. Like, it sucks, but, you know, I just think everybody wanted to give them their space. So Kyle says in a confessional that it's just unfortunate because they're doing the opposite of what they should if there's any chance of them reconciling with Robert or Danielle right now. And frankly, kind of feels like an F you to the rest of them who did rally and celebrate. So honestly, he's really discouraged. Now, on the one hand, you can say, okay, Kyle's really turned it around since he was screaming like a baby about how Lindsay ruined everything. But on the other hand, he was screaming like a baby about how Lindsay ruined everything. And so, therefore, you created this environment. Like, they're not coming from this is one situation. This is a situation where all summer... People have either been screaming about Lindsay or their relationship or crying about it or whatever. And nobody's really taken up for them with the exception of Danielle in the very beginning when Kyle was the one acting out of pocket like Danielle is now. So I can understand like we have to take a a cumulative uh, look at why they might feel the way they feel. Right? So then Sam goes to deliver the message to Danielle. Just like, I might have some upsetting news. Like, they're not coming today. I went to the room, the bed was made, and then I went to Kyle to see what was going on. And he said they stayed at their friend's house and like, we just called them and they're not coming home. So Amanda's gossiping over to the bed bugs and Paige just snorts like, okay. <laughs> and then Amanda's like, well, they need to talk. And Paige says, but Lindsay doesn't need Danielle anymore. So she's a non-factor. Lindsay's got Carl now. She doesn't need Danielle. Kyle ends up telling Craig and Chris in the kitchen that, that Craig and or that Carl and Lindsay might not be coming back at all. And he's like, I just feel like they're pushing their own snowball down the mountain and it's just going to get bigger and bigger. Craig, loving this. His bonnet's off. He's feeling free. And he's just like, God, this is wild. Wild. <laughs> Which leads me to another thing. It feels like Craig is largely out of the loop out of this whole thing, which seems a little bit odd to me that Paige would not have uh, explained a little bit more to this. It seems like something they would talk and bond over. So Danielle tells Sam and Gabby, have you guys ever been so mad and angry at the same time? Because that's how I feel. And here's another thing that I think the episode could have gained if we were especially going to be doing a supersized episode. I want more opinions of the other people in the house, how they're reacting to Danielle what side they're on, how they're feeling, like Gabby, Sam, Chris. I want to hear from those people. Like, we already know how Paige and Sierra feel. Or even Maya. Or even, like, I would actually maybe be willing to hear Sierra's position on this. But, no, we did last week and it wasn't great. Maya. She can be the representative for the bedbugs. I I would have liked to have heard that. But especially Gabby and Sam, because they really don't have the history of the house like everybody does. I really would like to know. And Chris, right? So then that man shows up. Sam's really excited to see him. Okay, good for you. Then they have to split up for two boats for whatever reason. 
when Maya's checking her phone, they're on the boat at this point, and she says in a confessional, she's just trying to have a good last weekend, but she gets this cryptic DM from somebody she doesn't know, asking about the status of her relationship with Oliver. Not like, oh, I fucked him, but like, hey, are you guys exclusive? And then she says in a confessional, nobody should be asking, are we exclusive, but me and Oliver. So I know something's up. And I just, let's unpack that. What do you mean? Because like two weeks ago, you were asking Corey, like, oh, what's going on? That was like your whole thing. What's going on with you and uh, and Sam? And telling everybody Chris's number that that girl gave him after they fucked the first time. So that feels like not an inappropriate question, but also he is cheating on you. So fair enough. We're able to round out Gabby's, um, you know, codependent relationship with her parents storyline by her telling everybody that her parents moved to Texas or they're going to be very soon. And she's trying not to be selfish, make them stay. But she's like, I'm, I am losing people in a sense. But because of this, I'm really gaining you guys. And they have like a whole lovely situation where uh, Amanda cradles her into her bosom lucky bitch so anyway uh gabby's like yeah i'm gonna be codependent in a whole new way now so great chris makes kyle do titanic at the back of the boat and so that's a whole thing so then while they're merry making on the high seas of whatever the fuck at the house carl and Lindsay pull up and carl says to a producer i'm gonna get packed up then he goes into the room and he puts a towel over like the corner bedroom camera so Lindsay and the producer walk in the producer says to Carl, we would like to get footage of you guys packing. And Carl's like, there's nothing to show. Lindsay goes, babe, come on. So the producer's like, I understand. And Lindsay's like, I know you're pissed off. I am too. But like, we can't just leave and vanish. We, They have to show. So he yanks off the towel and he's like, God, so stupid. Fuck this shit. Carl says in a confessional that the voices of support in the house are being drowned out by the negativity. So when you don't feel, or he particularly doesn't feel welcome somewhere, People are making him feel like they don't give a shit or that they don't want to try to understand. He reacts by packing his shit and moving on to a, a greener pastures. So he says, I'm done with this place and they drive away. So then everybody goes back to the house and it's like, they're ready to keep the party going. Kyle, pump up the volume. I need mid-range, bass, back range, whatever. But Amanda's like, Kyle, turn the music down. And she announces that Lindsay and Carl, like, or one of the pineapple cakes that Lindsay made is gone. So Paige just starts crapping, cracking up and is like, actually, I respect that move. So Gabby runs upstairs to check their room out, right? And she notices that their stuff is gone. So she goes down to tell them. And Danielle's like, are you kidding me? Paige, cool. I'm going to sleep in their bed tonight. <laughs> so Kyle says in a confessional, they pulled a Gibson. Like, you just left the summer house early. <sighs> what happened to Christina Gibson? She took that magnum bottle of Whispering Angel and we never saw her again. Didn't she like want to be like a, like an, like an announcer, like a person on ET or something like a, like a presenter. (laughs) What happened to her? Okay. You guys, I'm looking at her Instagram now and it's giving sad. (laughs) It's giving sad. So she's got 11.7 thousand followers. She says that she's in lifestyle parenting and travel, a Florida based content creator doing beauty, fitness, mom life, and wellness. Okay. And it seems like, you know, we all know how to interpret a, a, a breakup on Instagram, don't we? On social media. Because the pictures are, you know, 
we're seeing the husband possibly yep we're seeing a ring we're seeing a husband they got a baby i don't think they got married yet okay maybe we're just engaged the baby's here and here we are at christmas and then the pictures start getting real single <laughs> here she is alone on easter i think something happened so uh yeah uh, you know saying happy mother's day to herself mm, it's giving so uh looks like christina's life is it is but she is still followed by Ooh, not carl oh yes carl okay just followed by most of them amanda danielle kyle Lindsay, carl um i will say can't say the same for jordan i feel like only one or two people are following him and like one of them is luke which feels like more of a pity follow than anything. Anyway, let's move on back to the show. Just like she wanted to be on the TV more than anybody. <laughs> anyway, um, so what after the... Okay, so Danielle's talking to Chris about like... It's so crazy that they didn't want to come on the boat. It's so asinine. Like, I just don't want them to look back at the summer and be like, damn. Or Sam says this, damn, like I wish I had said goodbye to my friends. So... Then she says, you know, if it's just Danielle, fine. Have her beef with her. But we're not Danielle. So then uh, Chris and Sam's boyfriend go to Carl and Lindsay's room. And they notice that uh, basically everything is gone except for the cowboy hats. So they put them on. They start playing Crocodile Dundee. And they're like wrestling fake alligators or crocodiles, I guess, together um, on the bed. Having a rip-roaring time. They're breaking beds. They're wrestling people they're jumping fighting merry making whatever the straight guy shit is so maya just happens to go downstairs very casually mentions oh like uh uh-huh offhanded they're going shopping in Lindsay and carl's room and she's like what let's keep it better than that that's not what's gonna happen so she starts going into fucking school mom mode going up to them uh, did you go into their room what did you take you took their hats give me the hats back this is what we're not gonna do we're better than this Amanda, this is like the only time she gets activated, or one of the only times this season, she gets confused and like, Danielle, what's the difference? People come to my room all the time. I'm still in there. So I don't get why you're mad. So Danielle's like, well, I just think it's low and stupid. <laughs> and Maya is trying to get her to calm down and be like, Danielle, I think you're a little hot right now. So Danielle, I'm not hot. Don't tell me how I am, Maya. And she's like, okay. Okay. <laughs> like Danielle's like, I just think it's low brow. So Amanda says, it was just Chris and Corey and they were having fun. Kyle says he doesn't know what the big deal is. And Maya, again, tells Danielle, I think you're a little hot right now. And Danielle goes, Maya, I think you need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> so Danielle says in a confessional, as much as I hate that they moved themselves out and I hate that, I, that they missed their engagement, I still love them and I'm still loyal to them. And people taking things out of the bed felt like an end, an end I didn't want. So Chris goes into where Craig and Sierra and Paige are hanging out and Craig clocks it. She, Danielle, is still protecting her, meaning Lindsay. And this is what I tweeted about the other day. Like, in this moment, Danielle is running around the house. You know that phrase, like, you can't put the the toothpaste back into the tube. Once you take it out, that's it. So be careful what you put out there, right? She, toothpaste cried all over this house last week and now she's trying to put the toothpaste back in by rectifying 
Carl and, jo- and, and Lindsay's Joanne era by making sure that they're precious cowboy hats that they clearly don't give a fuck or protected. Girl, the toothpaste is out. Nothing is going to fix it. People said that you could smell the toothpaste all the way to Montauk if the wind blew in the right direction. So it's over, girl. And I, you're trying to rectify things. It's over. This hat, not going to fix a thing. So Maya's feeling some type of way. So she goes into a single room to cool off by herself. And she says in a confessional, I would never speak to my friends like Danielle did. I don't spike that way. But I feel like Danielle's really consumed in what's going on with Lindsay. And Danielle's been supportive of me. So I'm going to let it go and support Danielle. And I'm also going through my own shit right now. Chris goes and tells the bed bugs. Like, maybe if it had been Kyle or someone going down into that room, Danielle would have had a point. But it was just him and Sam's boyfriend who have nothing to do with the beef. So he didn't understand, like, what all this energy is going to come coming from. <clears throat> so Craig says, I'm going to tell you right now the bitch is brainwashed. She's scared of Lindsay that she's like, oh, my God, if she found out we did anything, she'd freak out. Kyle's talking to Danielle in the kitchen and he's like, listen. I've seen you go to bat for Lindsay for years to the point of like, and Danielle says, yeah, I know to a fault. So Danielle then says their engagement isn't about me. Let them go off into the sunset or the moon. I don't give a shit. The lie detector determined that was a lie, but I thought maybe there was a glimmer of hope that she didn't know that I was left out of the engagement. But now that she knows she's just like, whatever. Okay, like, that that is so selfish, I think, to, like, expect Lindsay to interpret hearing she cried when she found out that we got engaged, but not in a good way. She screamed at Kyle about being left out of it. She made a whole bunch of people uncomfortable in the house and then went to the engagement party and told several people who were actually happy for her that she wasn't involved and she didn't know anything and things aren't going well and like just generally being a Debbie Downer. You expected through all of that that Lindsay was supposed to interpret, oh, Danielle's just upset because she was left out of it. And maybe I need to like say something or do something and this is going to be my uh steve and miranda we're going to meet on the brooklyn bridge moment and everything's going to be okay no (laughs) like i can't even rock with you on that danielle come on now i've been feeling like Lindsay's been over danielle for a few weeks now and this is just like you know the little cherries and the pineapple the pineapple upside down cake for her like she's done she's been done and now she's done done Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. 
Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So Danielle tells Kyle, now that she knows, this means that I don't matter to them. I don't matter to him. It was a blatant stab in the heart looking me in the eye. That's what it felt like. Again, Lindsay is not an active participant in the engagement. She didn't plan it. I think she knew, but she didn't propose to herself. She didn't plan this party. Most of this had nothing to do with her. It's usually how the proposals work in straight relationships. So I don't know what Danielle's expectation is here. Then Craig tells the bedbugs, this girl stood up to Lindsay for six years, and I think she's like, no way was I wrong for six years. So she's still protecting her. But it's like, bitch, that girl, the second you weren't useful to her, cut you the fuck out of her life. Carl's a great guy. This is all happening because of Lindsay. She's the poison. <laughs> I'm going to quote Nene Elise. You better watch them B words before you end up in the ocean, sir. Let's... You might have made a couple points here, but we're doing a little too much here. So, regrettably, I did ask Twitter, what is the real reason why Craig and doesn't fuck with Lindsay? And I got a great reminder. He told me, you know, last year, Lindsay was the one who, while Craig was trying to seal the deal with uh, Paige, was like, oh, uh, remember that Dumois post about how Austin and Craig were both hooking up with Kristen Cavallari? And then Craig had to, like, kind of, like, scramble in real time and fix that. That is probably why. It's also definitely something he should get over by now. Um, interesting. But I had a lot of people saying that the reason is because of Paige. Like, Paige is just the, the puppet master here, and Craig is just, like, doing her bidding. I don't think that's true. I think Paige is a hater... But Craig actually hates her. <laughs> and there's a difference. Because there are a lot of times where Paige will say nice things to Lindsay or about Lindsay. And the veil kind of falls. And then she remembers like, oh, I actually don't really fuck with her. I'm not going to be snarky. But I don't think she actually really dislikes Lindsay. I think Craig genuinely does. And also, maybe because I'm feeling a little bit sensitive. Because people who watch Vanderpump who just hate Katie. Who will use every excuse to excuse Schwartz's behavior just because they don't fuck with her. <laughs> Even when logically things don't make any sense. I think the same thing is happening for Paige. And I don't really want to like take up for Paige in the same way because I don't even really like Katie. But I do feel like we might need to really think of like, just because you don't like somebody doesn't mean they're capable of like being fucking Ursula doing all these biddings and like running shit behind the scenes just because you don't like them. That's not really usually how that works. So maybe some Bravo fans need to consider that. Anyway, after that, Sam's boyfriend and Craig plan a sushi making party. Craig at this point, I've watched another, enough Southern Charm. I've watched all of Southern Charm. <laughs> I've watched enough Southern Charm to know that when Craig's hair gets disheveled, he, things have taken a turn and things are going to happen. He's 
dust is about to be pulled up. So it starts when they start throwing things in the pool because these men are animals. And then he starts getting emotional about like his relationship with Paige and how uh, Corey, like, I, I just feel really good that like my relationship with Paige is kind of, you know, been the impetus. He didn't say that <laughs> clearly, but like for your relationship with Sam, you know, like that's really cool. You like, you like her, right? And he's like, yeah, I do. So then of course everybody sits down for sushi. I'm thinking, Oh, we're getting Nobu. And then Paige says, Oh, they're going to be making the sushi. And I'm thinking, ugh. <laughs> Corey seems like somebody who does not wash his hands with any sort of frequency. Okay. And he did that with his shirt off and he's basically been partying all day and ew, can we get some gloves? Um, then I think it's actually like everybody had to make their own sushi. Cause let me tell you right now, if Greg and Sam, Corey, excuse me, looked me in my eye and said, we made sushi. We want you to eat it. <laughs> like, <"Mm-mm." laughs> absolutely not. Also, they make the house do a game of horny charades. Um, highlights, including uh, Chris pulling out missionary and them saying, Oh, you know, you can, pick a partner to do some of these charades. So the sex position was missionary. Gabby looks at it, gets on top of him and just starts doing like the sign of the cross. And they're like, girl, that is not the position. (laughs) That is not what missionary is, girl. You're doing cowgirl. Maybe if Danielle let them borrow one of their hats, start being a crazy person about it. Maybe that uh, point would have gotten across a little bit easier. So then things take another turn with Craig because he realizes that it's his mom's birthday. So he calls her drunk, sloppy, no shirt on, hair askew. Like he basically forgot her birthday. He's like, oh, you know, uh, I can't wait to see you in like a week or maybe you come to Charleston. Uh, Happy birthday. Sorry. I didn't forget. I just, I just. Anyway, (laughs) and then Sam and her boyfriend go for a quick romp in the closet. Who, who hears it? But Mr. Horny himself, Chris is like really lingering by the door to figure out what's going on in there. And couldn't have been much, but anyway, Craig gets off the phone with his mom. He goes back into the room with the mega bed and it's like Amanda and Paige and Sierra in there. So Amanda notices he's upset. She's like, have you been crying? And he's like, well, you know, like I thought it, my mom's birthday was tomorrow, but it's today. So I like, I kind of missed it, but it's all right. Paige says, so were you crying? He's like, yeah, it's just like a bunch of different stuff. Now let's like set the scene here. It's Paige in the middle of the bed. Amanda, Sierra, they're noticing that her boyfriend is upset. And so she's just like, what are you crying? <laughs> What's going on? He's like, he's trying to brush it off. He's like, well, I'll just kind of see what you guys were doing. And Paige is like, what happened? He's like, I'm good. She's like, no, but I'm like asking what you're crying about. He starts mumbling. I'm good. Paige looks over at Amanda. She's like, am I crazy? And Amanda's like, well, he's saying that he doesn't want to talk about it right now. So then Paige goes, why won't you look at me? And he says, everyone in the world can see that something's wrong. Except the one person I want to. He truly lives in a romantic comedy. And then he goes, you know, like, he he rushes into the bathroom. 
Paige is confused. She's like, did I not just ask you seven times what, why are you crying? So finally, she gets up to follow after him. So we hear him say, I don't know if they're in the closet or the bathroom. He's like, every time I get sad about something or I have a feeling, your response is just stop being a fucking pussy. And then he throws his mic into the bedroom. He leaves. Paige is so drunk. I guess she starts puking. Craig goes into Sulk and Kyle's room. And he's like, I just want a solid rock in my life. And Kyle's like, you do. You have a company. You have Paige. <laughs> Only thing that a man with st- standing desk energy would say. <laughs> I'm grounded in my business. <laughs> so Craig goes, no, like I'm kind of breaking. Sometimes I feel really alone. So the next morning, Paige goes back into bed with, you know, her real girlfriends, Maya and Sierra. And they're like checking in on her. What happened last night between you and Craig? But Paige says that Craig just woke up acting like nothing's going on. So she's just going with it. So he knocks on the door and she's like, just a minute. He closes the door and she rolls her eyes like, he wants me to like take a shower with him. He's such a baby. It's just annoying. Craig always acts so dramatic and like it's my fault when I don't even know what's going on. And then he gets mad, you know, because I'm, I'm not sensitive. Sierra says, well, you were, like, literally throwing up. Like, it wasn't the time for him to be an attention whore. But Paige says in a confessional, I get the emotional whirlwind. But at the same time, Craig crying on a Saturday night because he missed his mom's birthday and I'm not comforting him enough? Like, where where were you? Where were you comforting me when I was vomiting up your dinner? (laughs) So then Paige tells the girls, like, oh, yeah, he's probably waiting for me. Because she's been in there for, like, a minute. And then laughs. And she's like, <laughs> whatever. And they're like, girl, you might want to get in the shower. And then they start cracking jokes. Like, yeah, he's probably just, like, standing there naked with his hair cold. And just, like, waiting for you, shivering. And Paige is like, yeah, he's probably crying. And then P- uh, Sierra starts mocking him. He's like, you know, I was cold and you weren't there. And he opens the door. And he gets out, he's out of the shower, fresh out of the shower, combing his hair. And he's like being pretty chill about it. He's like, hello. She's like, well, I was talking to my friends. He was like, okay, well, this was like the one bit of alone time that we had to be together. Maybe you need to prioritize. So everybody's getting the party set up and Carl and Lindsay pull up, enter the house to be continued. Now I want to go back to... Sierra and not Sierra Paige and Craig break up with him I can't take it anymore like I can't do this shit where I'm feeling empathy for Craig this is mean like if I saw that and I were Craig I would feel so shitty that you were like laughing with your friends about how sensitive I am and how like he's a baby and it's annoying like you just can't be bothered with him and like you're leaving him in the shower when he thinks that you guys are gonna have an intimate moment just the two of you and you're laughing with your friends about how much of a baby he is like that's mean it just doesn't seem like she wants him likes him respects him didn't even bother saying hey a cursory happy birthday to his mama while they were on the phone So what's going on here? What's happening? Anyway, let's go back to my You woke up in the morning, got dressed in whatever outfit that is, and your bright idea was to come to Oak Bluffs, defecate in a toilet. Is this real? All right, y'all, let's head on over to Oak Bluffs and talk about some summer house, Martha's Vineyard. My friends, 
my friends. So Silas is going on. They're still at the dinner table. It's like a Silas and Jordan back and forth, all vying for the the safety of our betrothed Jasmine, a.k.a. Mrs. Cooper. Um, and basically, it's just like, Silas was trying to explain his side. He said, oh, Jordan, every time I would call Jasmine and she would be out at night, 2 o'clock in the morning, it'd be with you. And Jordan's trying to say, yo, I can handle myself. She's my friend. I'm not going to have her out here in the streets looking crazy. And also, for what it's worth, I'm not out here in these streets unless it's for me to get a check. Know that. So Amir goes, um, just out of curiosity, like, what does the check have to look like? And she goes, ask my accountant. <laughs> so, of course, Jasmine needs everybody to know that as long as Jordan doesn't come for her man, her husband, she's good. So they all drive back to the house. Mariah's doing this, like, money manifestation on FaceTime with her seven-year-old before bed. Okay, fine. So then they all go to bed. Silas is asking Jasmine, do you think I came for Jordan unfairly? And she's like, mm-hmm, I do. Your feelings are really more so about me. It's not actually about Jordan. So I will say I'm going to give the Coopers a point in this direction of, this is a classic example of be supportive of your partner in public and check them in private. And I will, I do appreciate that Jasmine stands her ground, tells him, and told him exactly, like, this is not really about Jordan. So he says, you're right. It isn't about her. But I think it was an important conversation because there were folks that saw both sides. Okay, well, you didn't have a point, though. So doesn't really matter. It's kind of a moot point. But I think this is a thing that, like, as women in relationships with men, it's just like, okay, you just let him have it. Just think he had a point. It's fine. And really, if Jasmine was going to say anything, she didn't have any opportunity to because uh, Mance took those panties down and just... And we saw every heave-ho. Hello? Every pump. And every dump. Hell, those cameras the night vision cameras in those bedrooms i think the technology has gone too far we don't need to go here i'm good i'm good and this is me like a true s-l-u-t i girl that was a lot all right silas i see why you're so protective of your man jasmine i get it my man my man my man i see now so then we we're waking up in the next morning. Jasmine's all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Ooh, got her nice little two-piece PJ set. Making only Silas breakfast. They got the eggs. They got the bacon on the pan, you know? That, that's real. That's real. In 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 the cast iron, That that's, that's a project, okay? I don't even do that. So I'm an oven girl, personally. But anyway, I'm like, okay, I get it. I, I'm seeing now what the dynamic is here. <laughs> it's one thing to have a man who provides and you're like, what does she say? A, a stay at home wife. It's quite another to have a man who provides, but also, you know, cause a lot of them don't want to do both of that. So, so they do a side by side confessional and Silas says it was pretty shocking to hear about Jasmine and Mariah's past in the car for four months. And what, happened is that that signaled to him that it was going to be important for them to keep 
or for him rather to keep both of them organized financially because, you know, she does have a tendency to wall out a little bit. So Jasmine says she and Silas have a very special love story. Okay. More special than anybody else because she was single for four years and they met on hinge. Oh, (laughs) never heard that before. They met in 2020. They had their first date April of 2020. And by November, Silas knew. Great. Story for the ages. Seven months. Okay. So then, Phil and Shanice are coming to the house later. We haven't seen them yet, but we kind of find out about them. Amira goes into Jordan's room. He's inviting her to go kayaking in the river backside, or in the backyard. I love this house, you guys. I love it. I think it's the the body of water right in the backyard that's really tipping it over the edge for me. There also seems to be enough rooms so that we're not playing, you know, one in the bed and the other one said, roll over, roll over. We all rolled over and one fell out. We're not having to do that in the Hamptons or in Martha's Vineyard like we are in the Hamptons. And I appreciate that. We find out that Amir loves kayaking. It's his shit. He's been doing it since at least 2010, as we see in a photograph. And he says, I'm just trying to have a Titanic moment with Jordan. So then the producer has to tell him, you know, that sank, right? And he goes, mm, those are just details. <laughs> yeah, the biggest ones. But anyway, Nick notices what's going on. Hater immediately. Hater. Because he tried it with Jordan and she put him on restrict on Instagram. But here, uh, Amir goes, put her on a kayak and, you know, they're having a great time, right? So he says in a confessional, I just feel like this kayaking thing didn't require a lot of effort. And that Jordan is a complex, interesting person. She, and I feel like Amir is going to have to do something different. Like what? P- pick a more unique emoji to, to put in her DMs? What, what game are you running? That's so great. Speaking of uh, sending emojis in the DMs, Nick tells Alex and Silas that he hit up Shanice years ago like we're seeing things she's posting flashbacks or from like 2018 that he's responding to (sighs) sir at what point are you embarrassed because for me it's it was episode one why hasn't it happened for you in your real life at this point but anyway um he sent her like a clap emoji because she's athletic okay nick says it was just a message were they flirty maybe were they really really flirty could have been, but you know, what else am I supposed to do? I don't be normal. Like find something else to talk about. I don't know. Let them come to you. How about that? <laughs> Alex tries to throw him a bone by being like, you know, these aren't the only girls on the Island. You know, the ones that are coming into this house, we can maybe branch out a little bit. <laughs> then he says, Martha appreciates the butters. And Silas goes, what are you talking about? What are the butters? And Alex is like, well, you know, like shea butter, cocoa butter. That's, that's the type of woman I want. I want one that appreciates the butters. <laughs> Alex's look and like his energy that he gives off is very different to me because he's like proclaiming to be like a Brooklyn kind of black hippie sort of thing. I know that we have mutual friends. I don't know him directly, but like, but then his look doesn't match. It's very interesting to me. Very interesting. But anyway, um, Jordan is not having a good time on the kayak. She's like, listen, uh, I want a drink. Please take us back. 
So they get back. Everybody just shot a clock. Nick tells them, we're going bowling. We're going to go bowling later. I'm even going to break out some jeans for the occasion. <sighs> okay. Okay. I mean, he did have a point when he says that men really should have a tailor, especially if you're going to wear a suit. He is absolutely right about that. Taylor is your friend, but I don't care. We, oh, he's wearing jeans. You wear skinny jeans. We see it. I, I don't care. Bria brings Milo in one of those backpack carriers, like egg shaped that you can see through. <laughs> God bless. Bria, I guess, is an amazing bowler because like that's how her family used to bond back in the day because her dad worked a lot, but they would go on Saturdays when he had time off. And so Bria's telling Jasmine and Preston about how excited she is to do this stuff in America. It's so different in Munich where she and her boyfriend live because people who have money, which I thought was an interesting distinction, just go to dinners or to the club. Like it's not really, they're not doing activities and, and stuff like that. So Jasmine asks, Jasmine asks, what would Simon be doing if he were here now? And Bria says, oh, he's a giver. He'd probably be paying for drinks and everybody's food and stuff. So why did Jasmine say in a confessional, why are we talking about Simon's money? I have a man. I don't need his money. And we haven't even met this man yet. I'm sorry. Did you not ask her a question? She answered it. I just feel like Bria can't win for losing with Jasmine. Also, she wasn't offering her boyfriend to you. So that's fine. She's just answering the question. Had nothing to do with your institution. Not a single thing to do with you being married to Silas, actually. So then Jasmine asks, when is Simon coming? And Bria's like, well, I actually kind of wanted to get clearance and see if he could maybe stay for the entire last week. Because, you know, if he came from Germany for just like three days, it would just kind of be like difficult. So what do you think? Jasmine and Silas, they're both like kind of easy breezy about it. So in a confessional, a producer asks Bria, do you feel like in this moment that Jasmine is finally understanding how serious your relationship is? And Bria goes, no. <laughs> Jasmine and I were tight when we worked together at the Playboy Club. And I was like 23. I was hanging out with rappers, actors, whoever, just partying. And she's holding on to that old Bria. But at the end of the day, I'm a different person. And then Jasmine says in a confessional, all I know she's going to be like, oh, Jasmine doesn't respect my relationship. Of course I don't. It's not a marriage yet. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut. This is so weird. Like, so you're not allowed to respect. You don't have to respect anybody's relationship because they're not married. That doesn't make sense, Jasmine. Don't say that with your whole chest, please. I want to like you, but like, we got it. We got, we're, we're fine. Nobody gives a shit about your marriage. Like, respectfully. Respectfully. You don't have to bring it up. We got it. And then Jasmine says, she really does go from man to man. I'm going to start calling them dollar one, dollar two, and dollar three. <laughs> Yike. Yike, girl. Harsh. That's like pretty harsh tie. So everybody's having a really good time bowling. And Mariah tells everybody that when they get home, she's going to be gifting everybody with a moon mass. And she says, think of it like church, but like you're your own God. So Mariah explains to us that a moon mass is a hoodoo practice. It's like spiritual, but not religious. Her mom's from Alabama. 
her dad's side is from Mexico and that both of them have like his history, like a background in hoodoo. It's something that's been passed down for generations by the women in her family. And so like, it's very deeply entrenched in her. And so I want to make it very clear that I respect the hoodoo, voodoo, whatever. Do you? Okay. But here's my thing. Did Mariah tell them prior at any point in this day that they were going to be coming home and doing hoodoo in the backyard? Like, to me, it just seems like a (laughs) a real pivot to the night we're trying to have. And then when they get back, it is clearly, like, cold as shit. It's very windy. Everybody gathers in the back. They're, like, trying to be good sports. She's got the fire going. They're waiting. And Silas is like, oh, I'm going to go check in on Jasmine. To which Nick turns to Jordan and goes, why does he need to check on her all the time? She's a grown woman. She didn't go to another country. She went down the hallway. (laughs) So Mariah does her whole speech about, like, the moon, the moon currently being in Taurus, etc. Preston says in a confessional, it really is cold outside. Like, I'm looking over at Bria and her blanket. She looks like she wants to phone home like E.T. <laughs> Milo keeps popping his little head out. He's looking like E.T.'s little friend in the basket. Like, it's so cute. It's so, so cute. Um, But everybody's miserable. Like, that is very clear. Oh, God. I, I feel for Mariah because it's, like, kind of... <laughs> It's clear, like, nobody's vibing with this, and she's just not picking up on it. She's trying to clear Milo the dog of his negative energy. And everybody's just, like, sitting there shivering and shaking and listening to this. And they're going on and on. And it's probably, like, midnight at this point. Like, I feel like if you're going to be doing this, can you tell me at, like, 12 sometime in the afternoon so that I know and I'm prepared like oh we're gonna go bowling and then we're gonna do this like woo I'm gonna have like pictures of Coors and then I gotta sit here for a seminar and it's cold as shit and I probably gotta pee Amir is so funny because he notices that Jordan and Nick are just talking (laughs) and he says in a confessional what's going on here because y'all are awfully giddy at something that's supposed to be serious stop it Here's the thing. I'm usually not charmed by guys like Amir, like guys that know that they're cute. Amir knows that he is adorable. And yet I am completely charmed on him until otherwise, until otherwise. So that's where I'm at. So Mariah's got her bells belling and she's like, does anybody want to say anything? And somebody goes, um, I would like to go inside think mentally we're there. (laughs) Mariah says in a confessional that she just doesn't really do this often. She doesn't do that moon mass with like people, but that was a way to connect with everybody. And she's just disappointed because a couple people weren't taking it that seriously. And because of that, her wall is up and she doesn't feel good. Now, I think a lot of this is just like Mariah may be a little bit embarrassed that people didn't, you know, want to rock with what she was trying to do and I get that but I think her behavior after is just like a little bit of a yikes for me so the next morning 
Shanice arrives. So this completes the girls who know each other through the Playboy Club. So we have Jasmine and Bria, Jordan and Shanice. So Jasmine and Jordan are close, although Silas feels like Jordan is a little bit too much of a party girl for his newly married wife, Jasmine. And then Bria and Shanice are like also two little buddies. So apparently last year in the vineyard, Shanice was going through a breakup. So now they're like looking for fun party girl Shanice. She can only come out on the weekends because of work, but she's like Lucy LaDuca. She's ready to let loose, right? Nick is being a hater again. And he whispers to Preston, oh, uh, that's not the same person. And then pulls out his phone and shows pictures of Shanice on Instagram. The picture being her in her bunny costume, makeup all over her face, compared to this girl who just came off a flight (laughs) and has no makeup on. She's gorgeous, and he's acting like she's a catfish. So Nick tries to be slick in a confessional. He's like, you know, what I saw on Instagram doesn't match what I saw in person, but it's okay. Yeah, it is okay. Because you know what? Shanice isn't checking for you anyway. Doesn't matter. Preston says in a confessional, Nick doesn't even showcase his reality on Instagram every day. Come on now. So then, (sighs) I just feel like, Nick, you look like a butterbean in the face. Like, every day. On Instagram and off. So, like, let's be real here. Uh, Alex comes down. And there's, like, an immediate connection between Shanice and Alex. Like, they're clearly each other's type. Then everybody starts talking about Phil. Phil's the last person coming into the house, or one of them. He's coming that day. And Shanice is like, I love him. He's so funny. He's so chill. Let's put a pin in those words later. For later. And Bria says that she met him in L.A., He paid for everything, paid for their whole night out. It was a great time, probably. She doesn't even remember. (laughs) The way Bria navigates the world. Iconic. Fortunately, Shanice does Jasmine a favor by asking, how are things going with your marriage? And here we go. You know, it's just been the most challenging and rewarding thing. I can't be the Shanice in my 20s from before. I can't think about just me and I'm trying to figure out like what my friendships and my marriage look like. So then Jasmine says in a confessional, I just feel like people don't talk enough about how friendships change when you get married. I don't always know how my friends feel about me as a wife now. It's not easy. How they feel about you as a wife? (laughs) They don't. (laughs) Why would they care? What would that matter? (laughs) So Shanice kind of like low-key says under her breath, sounds like maybe you need more girl time and you guys might be together a little too much. (laughs) So they take out the guys. I'm sorry, they talk about the guys. And Shanice is like, Nick, no, not for me. He's not my type. Again, you're talking cash shit about people who have checked you off the list a long time ago. Nick? Think about that. So Mariah comes in and they're asking like how she feels about Alex. She's like, oh, you know, like he's fine. I don't really know him. But you can tell she thinks she's cute. He's cute. Everybody gets ready for dinner and 
It's everybody except for Mariah and Preston. Mariah, it seems like Preston wants to work, but Mariah's like using work as an excuse because she's still feeling some type of way. But they're like, everybody's gathering around, you know, downstairs to get the Ubers in the kitchen, take shots beforehand. And Mariah turns to Nick, who's wearing, you know, like a classic khaki kind of colored blazer, like a little darker khaki, neon green shirt, these orange pants. And she goes, Nick, you look good. Really good. Like the Nickelodeon splat. (laughs) Got him. So Mariah says in a confessional, I'm just like disappointed about last night. So I'm preserving myself. But then she tells them she might go out for drinks or meet up with them for drinks later. Then she says, oh, I'm going to go to laundry real quick. Here go hell come. She notices, she pulls some stuff out and... Milo's like three things of Milo's are in the dryer. So she goes to the door. Everybody's gathered waiting for the car. She's like, I know y'all are about to leave, but Bria, your dog stuff was in with the clean towels. So she explains, I put your clothes that were in the washer in the dryer, which was fine. They had talked about before, but then she says, after that, there's other towels in there which are mine, but your dog stuff is mixed in with it. So I'm assuming that, like, maybe they tried to dry things together to save time, but, like, Mariah didn't notice that the cleaned, washed dog items were thrown in with the dryer. So she's like, oh, this is mixed company. I don't like it. So Bria at first is like, oh, yeah, I mean, I, there were, like, some pool t- t- towels and, like, there were Milo's stuff, but they were clean. So, like, you know, it's not really that big a deal. (laughs) And Mariah's like, I don't care. Bria's like, okay, well, that's a personal problem. So, like, just give my stuff back. And when she goes to take it, Mariah pulls her arm back and she goes, no, it's your personal problem. So the guys notice this and they're all like, "Mm mm-mm, get somebody else to do it. They're all scattering towards other parts of the house. But they end up coming back. But the rest of the ladies are just staring at Mariah. And Jordan says in a confessional, are you bitches for real? <laughs> so Mariah says, Bria, we already talked about this. Take your shit. And then she kind of like pushes Milo's stuff into Bria's shoulder. So Bria just gives that same energy right back. Watch your tone, Mariah. Watch your tone. So Mariah tells her, keep your dog stuff out of the dryer. Just hang it up. And Bria says in a confessional, you're not going to come into my personal space. Like, Let's handle this as adults. But if you want to get it popping, let's go. Mariah keeps calling Bria a bitch. Bitch, why would you do this? Bitch that, bitch that. The guys are hiding in this staircase, just talking strategy on whether or not they should break it up. Who's going to go out there and say something? But they're like, you know what? Let's just drink our Michelob and chill, okay? Bria then flicks something at Mariah's face because Bria's like, you're not going to call me a bitch again. And Mariah's like, bitch, what now? So she flicks something in her face and it kind of just ends at that. Like the emotions are high, but it seems like the cars came and they're like, well, Mariah's not coming with us anyway. So we're like, let's just break it up. But before they leave, Mrs. Cooper follows Mariah into the laundry room and is like, kind of seems like it was just a misunderstanding and like also seems like both of you guys are trying to push each other's buttons and I don't really like that for either one of y'all 
So Jasmine goes, listen, you know you did that to piss her off. And Mariah goes, what? Call her a bitch? Well, that's my vocabulary. And Jasmine goes, okay, we can agree to disagree on that. Mariah says in a confessional that she feels like Jasmine is taking Bria's side over hers. But what about her, bitch? (sighs) And then she goes on about like, you know, if Bria wants to come in here and fuck up my feng shui, we're going to have an issue. Like, she's acting like Bria did this intentionally. But, okay, I'm trying to, because y'all know I'm a pet person. I'm trying to see both sides here. But I also feel like what Mariah's doing is she's using Milo as a reason to be pissed off. Now, I'm guessing that Bria was one of the people who ran inside (laughs) after the moon mass and wasn't really participating. And then Mariah feels some type of way about that. I feel like... What it sounds like the dog stuff was clean and instead of just hang drying it, Bria just threw it in the dryer or maybe it ended up in the dryer on accident, which really doesn't seem like that big of a deal if they were already clean. Like to me, I don't know, like you're putting it in the dryer and it's, the stuff's already clean. I don't know why you're mad about the dryer if the stuff's already, I don't really get it, but okay. Ultimately, I don't think Bria was, like, trying to fuck up anything of Mariah's or make her, like, be pissed off. I don't think this was intentional. So, Mariah's like, Jasmine, it's disrespectful to put the dog stuff in with the community towels. And Jasmine says, okay, I can't say that that was blatantly disrespectful. I kind of think that Bria's just doing her dog thing. And so, then they all decide to go to dinner. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Preston, like I said, also stayed back. So he asked Mariah, like, he's checking in. How are you doing? And she's like, listen, it's not like I want to be in in any awkward situations. It just caught me off guard. And then she starts crying. And it's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And Preston, our king, advocation queen, king, says, "Uh, you know, can I hug you? You know, just consent is key right and she's like yes please so he's hugging her and she's like really crying and it's like i just wasn't trying to come off and hurt anybody and mariah says in a confessional i've got a seven-year-old son and i want to make sure that if i'm spending time away from him that i'm having fun and not over here like you know going back and forth over some dog shit so like i need to figure out how to make this better and i think i agree i think maybe we're doing a little too much mariah and we're worried about the wrong things and you're absolutely right like have fun you don't need to be like mushing people in the foyer when everyone gets to the restaurant bria's annoyed she's feeling some type of way because shanice decided to ride in the car with the boys instead of hanging out with her and support in the foyer i guess so as soon as she sits down she sits down next to shanice and then she's like yeah i'm actually good on you and she walks off (laughs) so the other girls have to explain to shanice i kind of think maybe she thought like because you're her friend in the house like you're her bestie that you would have 
stood by her in support while she was, uh, you know, getting mush in her shoulder. But Shanice was like, well, I just thought we were all going to the restaurant. Like, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. So Jordan is having to explain to Shanice, just go over to Bria. I think she's feeling some type of way, you know? So she does. And Bria's like, I'm mad. I'm mad because you're my friend. Somebody put my hands, their hands on me. And if they did that to you, that would have been a problem, right? So Shanice is like, yeah. And Bria says, and things weren't solved before you got into that car. Also during this time, Phil texts Bria to say that he just landed and and, then he's on his way. So Shanice is trying to talk to Bria, but then some dude just like happens to breeze past them and is like, hey, jean jacket, which they're both wearing jean jackets, by the way. And Bria, that Playboy charm just turns on immediately. She goes, hey, you gonna buy me a shot? How don't you buy me a shot of Class A Azul? And he goes, yeah, okay. So as soon as he agrees, she's like, ah, whatever. Like they're taking shots by the bar. They're having a great time. This is my bitch. (laughs) This is my girl. So then we go back to the house real quick and we get our first eyes on Phil. And he's stumbling. And I do mean stumbling into the house. He puts his shit on the table. He starts screaming at Preston. I don't think he knows Preston. Preston clearly just got out of the shower. He's still wet. Yo, come take a shot with me right now. Right now. Now, and he's drinking straight from a bottle in 1942. And I had flashbacks because I'm like, okay, the last time that I saw a black man just drinking straight from a bottle on television was when Kanye was at the VMAs. And I think we all know how that ended. Preston says in a confessional, Phil seems like a fun person, but he also seems like he needs to be the center of attention. Phil hears Milo barking from behind the door because Bria's got him closed in her room. And he's like, oh my God, what is that? And Preston's like, oh, it's Bria's dog, but don't let him out. Of course, opens the door. Milo's taken off like a little furry rocket up and up the stairs, down the stairs. He's giving him a whole tour. <laughs> Milo goes down in the basement. It feels like, I feel like you're trying to tell me something. Let's Dr. Doolittle this shit. And that's going to be the last thing that he said that entertained me at all. So he notices the room off the pool table, which flashback to Bria FaceTiming Phil, giving him a tour of the house. And he was like, yo, I want that bedroom off the pool table. Write my name on a piece of paper and put it on the bed. I'm claiming that room. It's mine. Of course, easy breezy Bria just, you know, does whatever. (laughs) Just fritters away. I don't, maybe some man offered to give her a shot, but. She forgets all about it. And Nick moves in. No big deal, right? Wrong. So he's like, ah, hell no. Like somebody moved in my room. And first of all, you can't be strolling in on day two, three, four, whatever. And, and be like, oh, I claimed stakes on a room. Free for it's first come first serve and you get what you get and you don't get upset. So back in town, the group is kicking it to another club and it's, um, as black folks say, for the grown and sexy. It's like anti-city. It's, you know, 50 and up crowd. A lot of gray hair happening. A lot of, a lot of 27 piece wigs. Just a lot of two-stepping. 
and snapping to whatever music is being played in this venue. Not the vibe for a bunch of 20 and 30 somethings trying to turn up. So they're like, all right, let's try to make the best of it. Phil pulls up. No, sorry, sorry. Phil's still in the house. He's still with Preston. He's like, Preston, there's a problem because of the rooms. And Preston's like, what, Nick's room? He's like, no, don't, don't say that. Go, no, don't go nicking that room up. It's mine. <laughs> Preston's like, okay, maybe you should talk to Mariah. Bye. <laughs> so Mariah's staying in the pool house adjacent to the house. Now, bear in mind, he doesn't know Mariah. So Mariah's getting ready to go out with Preston. She's got her shades on the door drawn. Somebody's knocking. She's like, who is it? And he's like, the devil. <laughs> who? <laughs> so he tells her, yo, like, I need to figure out where to put Nick's stuff because he's in my room. And I called that. And she's like, well, there's an upstairs. But she's like, you can't put his stuff in there that's not what's happening she actually kind of seems to be into phil as well i think she likes men of a certain height which like listen i can relate if they're if they're up above six three they're for me okay (laughs) so i get that but we gotta there's just a lot of energy and then she says i kind of like his energy based on the fact that he's tall as hell and lit as hell. <laughs> so then back at the club, Preston's like, okay, let's take a shot. Let's get to the car. Oh, sorry. They're going to the club. I'm, I'm messed up. So Preston's like, okay, we're going to take a shot. We're going to go in town, wait for the car, whatever. And Phil tells them, I'm going to take a shit in Nick's bathroom. And they're like, can, no, like, can you not? So they're like really heading out, like walking towards the door. Phil says, all I want to do is peacefully disrespect somebody who disrespected me first. Now, mind you, Nick knows nothing about this. Not a thing. Mariah and Preston are waiting for him to the point where they're like, Nick, or Phil rather, we just got to leave without you like the car is here. But he runs out. But before that, we hear him say in the bathroom, oh, it smells like shit in here. I'm not flushing. And then he runs out of the house and they go to the club. Ugh. So they're walking up to the club. It's Mariah, Preston, and Phil. And she links arms with them and gets in the middle and goes, let's walk in like it's Destiny's Child and I'm Beyonce. And Preston side-eyes the fuck out of her like, Beyonce? <laughs> Beyonce! <laughs> um, so they're like all in the club. They're mixing and mingling. But Preston goes right up to Nick and is like, uh, I think Phil moved your stuff out of that room like for real i think he did so phil goes up to nick and says like did bria leave a note calling the room for me and he's like no and so phil's like all right well i need to curse her out then i did shit in your bathroom though they're like don't let anybody go in that motherfucker until you go in there and flush that motherfucker and so nick goes you didn't flush the toilet you gotta do that man But Nick says in a confessional, I can't even take this guy seriously. The sweatsuit, this like 90s rap video Nietzsche sweatsuit that you're wearing. When is the last time you went shopping? Once Bria notices that Mariah's in the club, she's right back in her feelings. And she's like, ugh, over it. 
She says in the confessional, everybody's acting like she's cool when she put her hands on me. So Jasmine says, all I care about is black excellence. So Rhea tells Silas, your wife is being fake right now. Her best friend put her hands on me. I'm supposed to be like cool, like everything's cool, la-di-da. What's going on? Silas doesn't say anything, but he's like, let's all take a shot as a house. (sighs) Bria starts crying. (laughs) So she wants to go home. At this point, Jordan decides to take up for Bria against like Jasmine. And Jasmine and Jordan go outside to have a talk. And when Jasmine tells Jordan, I don't really want to take a side with like Bria and Mariah, Jordan says there is no side. Did you think that was cool for Mariah to do? And then she starts mushing Jasmine on her shoulder. Jordan says, Mariah couldn't come in and address it. Like when she came in the club, she couldn't say anything to Bria. And she goes, I like Mariah, but she pushed the bitch. And she pushes Jasmine and goes, and I know you felt some type of way, but with me doing that, because it's disrespectful. (laughs) I know you didn't like that. So like, put yourself in her shoes. Like you really need to tell Mariah to not put her hands on anybody. Jasmine says, I'll handle her. But then Jasmine says in a confessional, I get why Bria is upset, but clearly Mariah is going through something and I just feel like I'm her only advocate, which I think is completely true and fair. Like, I think Mariah has isolated people enough <laughs> with the moon mass and, and, and all of this. And yeah, just she needs somebody in her corner. So everybody goes back to the house. Nick goes into the room to like change and he's like calling Phil Corny to himself and he says in a confessional you woke up in the morning you got dressed in whatever outfit that is by the way it's not even just the the Michael Jordan tracksuit like the Olympic red white and blue tracksuit it's also his t-shirt that says techno and chill so you decided that it was your bright idea to come to Oak Bluffs and defecate in a toilet. Is this real life right now? <laughs> so Nick goes to ask Phil, can you flush the toilet? And says, we're better than that, bro. And Phil goes, well, I'm not better than that. Which is why I told you to do, because it, to, what, <laughs> it's as stupid as what I just did. I'm not better than that. Which is why I told you I did it, because it was my room. But Nick goes, I wasn't aware of any of that. And Phil goes, right. But that doesn't make it right, though. (laughs) I told Bria to leave a note. So then he goes, I could not believe this. Phil goes, say there's like a law against slavery. And you didn't know because you live in the fucking South. You know what I'm saying? So like, say somebody comes and says, slavery's illegal. And you're like, nobody told me that shit. I'm just minding my business, slaving my slaves. You know what I'm saying? Silence. (laughs) Nobody knows what you're saying, Phil. Not a one. Preston says in a confessional, how do we get to slavery? (laughs) Million dollar question, Preston. Couldn't tell you the answer. So Phil is over it. And he's like, no, like, I'm making a good point. And they're all like, uh, do you hear yourself? Doesn't sound like you are. So then he decides to take shots at people. He turns to Preston and goes, you know, if your shirt was like one size bigger. And Alex is like, oh, that's mad corny, bro. And then Preston and Alex walk away. And Nick is like, done. He's like, 
I'm just going to go flush the toilet myself. And Phil goes, I know you will. I know, I know. And unfortunately, my my DVR cut off at that point, but I did watch it uh, prior to this. And what happens is that basically Phil keeps acting like an idiot. He keeps digging his his grave and like tries to be funny, but he keeps being aggressive to which Amir is finally like, yo, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then Phil goes up on him. He's like, oh, you know, like basically calls him short. And, like I'll beat your ass. And Amir's like, I'm not scared of you, bro. Like come for me. And honestly, that was really hot. So let's end on that. You guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for bearing with me. I'm hoping I can sound better soon. But I love you guys.